I greet you in the precious and wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I am so grateful to Pastor Tim Taylor, Pastor Ron Tolfrey, and Brother Jim and Jan, who invited me to come over here. I am so glad to be here. I am privileged and I am blessed. Uh, so I would like to share my story when I was a child, little bit. Then I would uh, like to share from the word of God. So I raised in a very poor family. My father and my mother were illiterate. They cannot read and write. They only speak Punjabi, our native language, which is oral. So my father has to work two jobs, first in the morning and then in the evening time to earn some money to support the family. And even he did work on the off day because uh, the uh, earned money from two jobs was not sufficient to support the family. And uh, being a child, I was very curious and interested to continue my study. It was very difficult because we were five brothers and four sisters and uh, to support my education. So I also worked. I made the bags and sell to the shopkeeper to earn money. I boiled the eggs and uh, uh, sell to the uh, people in the street and then I uh, took the balloons and sell to the children in the street. So this way I uh, worked to earn some money to add my family income to support my education. So we were living in one room which was made with mud. And uh, on the roof uh, we have uh, some woods and uh, straw. And uh, in the rainy season when the rain will come, the rainy water will come uh, inside in the room. So our all stuff in the room uh, would be wet. So this kind of life uh, I spent in my childhood. But when I grew and I got 12-year education, I got good job. And uh, then my circumstances are changed. We have uh, not good clothing at our home at, in childhood, but God changed my life due to education. And uh, uh, currently, I am earning $25 per day, which is sufficient in uh, Pakistan. And I think I belong to now middle class family. And I saved my money, and I invested that money in my children. And my children have uh, no good education. And when I shared this kind of story in my childhood to my children, they don't believe that you did uh, uh, that kind of job in your childhood. So uh, God give me vision that God has blessed me and due to education I am living good life in Pakistan so I st uh, started uh, a school and uh, I am so glad and grateful to Pastor Tim Taylor, Pastor Ron Tolfrey, uh, Sister Jan and Brother Jim who supported me and uh, I am also thankful all of you who supported financially and we opened the school for poor Christian children who were on the street and uh, they were sitting in their uh, home because they earn only 150 
dollar per month which is not sufficient to even uh, for their bread and butter so god uh, give me this vision in 2000 and fulfill this vision in 2016 and we started this school in rented accommodation three bedrooms but god bless us and 43 children came in the first time and uh, after uh, within a year we have 160 children and god had has uh, given us no new building and we have no nine rooms three restroom and we have uh, uh, 160 children before that and we again reopened the school after summer vacation on 10th august and now we new uh, nine student so now we have 169 and more are coming and more are asking to come in our school so thank you very much for your all support so i would like to share from john chapter 4 verse 4 to 30 about a sumerian woman she left her water pot so i would like to read john 4 chapter 4 to verse 4 to 30 no he had to go through sumeria So Jesus came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph Jacob's well was there and Jesus tired as he was from the journey sat down by the well it was about noon When a Samaritan woman came to draw water Jesus said to her Will you give me a drink His disciple had gone into the town to buy food The Samaritan woman said to him You are a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman how can you ask me for a drink For Jews don't associate with Samaritans Jesus answered her if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asked you for a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water sir the woman said you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep where can you get this living water are you greater than our father jacob who give us the well and drank from it himself as did also his son and his livestock jesus answered everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again but who will drink the water i give them will never thirst indeed the water i give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life the woman said to him sir give me this water so that i would not get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water he told her go call your husband and come back i have no husband she replied jesus said to her you are right when you say you have no husband The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you know have is not your husband what you have just said is quite true 
Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, speaking to you, am he? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Amen. So I would like to share, uh, first of all, the plight of the Samaritans. Who are the Samaritans? Samaria was the capital of northern ten tribes. They split away from David line, Judah, Benjamin, after Solomon. The Assyrian and Babylonians attacked on the Samaria and they captured all the Samaria and they deported the Jews to the other places and they imported the people from other community in the Samaria. The remaining Jews married into these people making a race of half-breed Jews. So feeling unwelcome in Jerusalem, these Samaritans built a copy of the temple on Mount Gerizim in 330 before Christ and offered sacrifice and the Passover. So because of their corrupted lineage, their rival temple and disowning the Jews, they were hated by the Jews and uh, avoided as evil spawn and God haters. So we, we can see why, what was the reason why Jesus came to the Samaria. There are good reasons why Jesus decided to go to Samaria. So first reason, because that is how important one moment is to God. And uh, Jesus prioritized his uh, sh schedule to minister to a key woman hungry for spiritual things. Because Sam Samaria had too long had wrong idea about God. That's why Jesus came uh, in Samaria and uh, Jesus didn't want the sin of the parents to continue uh, into their children. So that's why Jesus came into Samaria. And uh, Jesus did not want that uh, the people who have been told that they don't count really do matter to God. So everyone is important to Jesus Christ, even though some Men and women of this world think that some people are inferior, they are not matter to God. But everyone is matter to God. And God says, you are very important to me. 
and uh, uh, god cares for everybody uh, regardless of their background he probably loves those most that are loved the least the woman was thirsty uh, when jesus asked him that uh, you have five husbands and uh, with the man you are currently living is not your uh, husband too so this woman looking for something and it appears that uh, this woman was not just physically thirsty but uh, this woman was uh, spiritually thirsty and uh, uh, jesus christ told her in john chapter 4 verse 18 the fact is you have had five husband and the man you now have is not your husband so this lady was uh, searching for something who can uh, meet his uh, thirst and hunger so she was searching for peace she was searching for satisfaction because in her whole life she don't have uh, uh, satisfaction and peace so she was searching relationship with god so she came to jacobel jacob mean deceiver and uh, this woman is a picture of the thirsty world seeking satisfaction in the wrong place because uh, the well where she came uh, to get uh, water to get satisfaction this was not the right place because jacob mean deceiver she was at the deceiver place so she was not unable to get the uh, satisfaction over this well and uh, my dear brother and sister we can see we find the people in this world who are trying to fill their emptiness uh, with personal success achievements with money sex friends or hobbies they may turn to drugs alcohol gambling and other lifestyle choices but at the end of the day there is still an aching void so there is god shaped vacuum that only god can fill nobody can so uh, when this time the lady came at the well at at the same time jesus was there beside the disciple well said the son of god the fountain of living water so jesus pointed out to her that she had come to draw water from the well that had no life and jesus then made an eternal declaration if you knew the gift of god and who it is who said to you give me a drink you would have asked him and he would have given you living water my question is are you modern christians still going to the wrong well for satisfaction so real reason she left her port when she encountered with jesus christ she felt the real 
presence in her life she never had before that. So she felt the uh, real presence of God. That's why she forget what she has and she uh, left her pot on the well and she uh, went to back to her town. So it was not uncommon for people who met Jesus Christ and uh, they leave their things behind. And uh, we can see that uh, disciples who were fishermen, uh, they left their uh, net and they left their uh, uh, boards when they met Jesus Christ. Matthew left his uh, tax collector boards. Luke left his uh, uh, doctor office. And uh, Paul left his uh, Sanhedrin position. So we can also see in the Bible that the many uh, people who were sick, just like crippled, deaf, and paralyzed, when they met Jesus Christ, they left all the things uh, they were using as crippled, deaf, and paralyzed. I hope when you met Jesus, you left something behind. Maybe a wicked lifestyle, a person not good for you, the old habit or addictions, judgment, critical spirit. So you see, if you really meet Jesus, you will never be the same. Impression of Jesus Christ. Uh, Muhammad and uh, Moses is dead. But our uh, God, Lord Jesus Christ, is still alive. Amen. Amen. Who is Jesus? When the old man asked Jesus, what is your age? He said that on my mother's side, I am 12 years old. But on my father's side, uh, I am uh, from everlasting to everlasting. Yeah. Uh, he was both God and man. And on his mother's side, he was thirsty. But uh, on his father's side, he said, I am the water of life. And on his mother's side, he said, I am hungry. But on his father's side, he fed 5,000 people. On his uh, uh, mother's side, he was homeless. But on his father's side, he belongs all the things in the heaven and in the earth. And uh, uh, on his mother's side, he wept when uh, Lazarus was dead. But on his father's side, he said, Lazarus, come forth. So he is king of king and lord of lord. Amen. Hallelujah. So final reason she cared for other. The last reason she left her port was because she knew she had finally found the answer of life's uh, biggest need. So she uh, left her port uh, on the well and she cared. Uh, about the people who living in her town. And uh, he thought that, uh, uh, thought all about the lost and dying people in her town. And uh, she, instead of going to her husband to call, he went to the people who were thirsty and who were lost, who were unsaved, and uh, she shared the good news about Jesus Christ and said that I have found Messiah. I have found 
my biggest need in my life. So come and see there is a Messiah who can also uh, meet your needs uh, for which you are looking since long. So my dear brother and sister, I have illustration. There was a, a couple who were going on honeymoon after their marriage. So they met with an accident. And uh, the man was all right, but, but his, his wife was not feeling well. She was bleeding. And she thought she needed immediate medical treatment. So he looked down on the street and he saw the sign. There was written, Dr. Robin John's internal medicine. He immediately went uh, at that place and he knocked the door and uh, there a man came out of the house at the door and said that I am Dr. Robin Jones. And uh, the young man said to him that my wife is really bleeding and she needs immediate medical treatment. The doctor said, sorry boy, I have left practicing medicine since long, so I can't help you. I don't have any medical supply and I don't have any medical treatment so I'm sorry. The young man, when came into uh, overcoming his senses and emotion, he said to the doctor that uh, I know you cannot treat anymore to any people. So you need to take down the sign. So my brother and sister, if we are not really walking, as Christian and Lord Jesus Christ, we need to take down the sign of Christian. Thank you very much. God bless you. Thank you, my brother. What a great word. Would you stay here for a second? Um, uh, one of the, the amazing things that took place is, you know, God connected us to you through Ray Bucciarelli. God gave us a vision to reach out to Pakistan. That's when we met Nazir. Yeah. And then we started sending teams. And I just want to give honor to Jim and Jan. Really, that whole school and development that yes. Nazir had a vision for, yes. they came alongside and they made that thing happen. They put all the effort into it and they've, they've just brought it together so it's an exciting work, and to see, to hear your testimony of how education changed yes, your yes, life yeah, and no, how now yes. that is changing others' lives. Yeah. And so uh, let's commend Jim and Jam for a great work. Amen. God bless you, my brother. Thank you. At this time, Sister Katrina is here. I got word late last night that... Uh, Jody uh, has a severe migraine, right? Okay, so Jody is not going to be able to be here, but we've got Katrina who is here, fresh on the field for a month, a month. and then she's back. Yes. She came to the IFCA convention, and uh, so thank you for being here, Katrina. Thank you. Good morning. We are told over and over again about the love of God, but how often have we thought about the depth of God's love? 
I stood near the ocean one day just gazing at the water when I was struck by its wonder. I was amazed at the vastness of it. I watched the waves crash upon the shores with such strength. There is such force with the water. It refuses to stay still. It is always moving and will make you hold your ground so you don't get swept away. If you are not strong, it'll toss you to and fro. It reminds me of Ephesians 3, 17 through 19. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. This is how much our Father loves us. His love for us is like the crashing waves. It is fierce. It is deep. It covers us and drenches us in his goodness. By the blood of Jesus, he has made this love available to all of us, not just to hold on to ourselves, but to share it with everyone. Love is hope. Love should be contagious. The love of God is a tangible thing. From the outpour that God has showed us, we pour the same love onto the world, like the outstretched arms of Jesus Christ. Thank you. How is uh, how do you like living in Mexico? I love living in Mexico. Yeah, I'm ready You've, to go back. You found your heart. I did. Yes, good, I did. good. Keep praying for Katrina and Jody McLean. Amen. Relentless pursuit. You'll find this morning that there's a theme running through these messages, and that is the living water of God. Whether He's the ocean or whether He is a drink to give to someone, He is that living water. But the amazing thing of the prophecies that spoke is that God wants his people today to stand up and to give, be present in a world where there is such sin and such evil that God wants us to be a force and a power. But how are we that force? How are they, we that power? Do we just push people down? Do we become just as an equal spirit of violence? Absolutely not. We bring living water. We're not the force that this world brings. God takes that water and turns it to wine. The force that both of them spoke about today is the power of love. That love that goes forth, whether it is a drink to someone who is an enemy to the people of God, the Samaritans that, that were rejected by the Jews. They were hated, but Jesus went to them and brought a cup of cold water. He brought a cup of living water to an enemy. So, I don't know who your particular enemy is in our culture. There are so many different people groups and, and uh, uh, interest groups that are fighting and, and against each other. This country is uh, shattered apart. And so do we yell back at people? Do we scream and holler? We bring the love of Christ. It's the power that will change a heart. So Jesus went to the Samaritans. Jesus went to uh, Paul uh, who was a radical against Christianity. And so these are the people we bring the love of Christ to. And he is as powerful as an ocean that when his love is released, it will spring forth. So I just want to close with this as we unite these two messages of the power of God's love. And the word that the Lord gave us is that we are to show up. We're not to take down the sign of a Christian. We are to wear it and we're to present an abiding presence of Christ through the power of love. 
And so I want to leave you with this one word, expanding capacity. Say it with me, expanding capacity. That's what God's doing in you. He is working to expand your capacity to pour him out. Expanding capacity. Jesus said this, you can't pour new wine into old wineskins. So you must be born again, right? He's not going to put his power and his nature within your carnal nature. He has, a, he has to bring it to the cross. It has to be put to death to give you a new nature so that he can put his nature in us, right? And that new nature expands like new wine. And if, you're, if you want to contain the nature of God, you can't live in the flesh, You can't react to these political issues. You can't react to these things in your flesh. You've got to react in the love of God and the living water of Jesus. It's going to get worse and worse. You're going to be called haters. You're going to be called uh, religionists. You're going to be called fools for your love for Jesus. But you can expand your capacity of love to reach those people, can't you? You see, God needs you to expand your capacity, so he's going to Bend you, shape you any way he wants you. All right, I'm going back to the 70s. But he's going to expand you. And sometimes that expansion is going to be painful. His spirit in you is going to have to enlarge your ability to love someone that you don't like. He, he, where were James, John, and Peter and the other disciples when Jesus was at the well in Samaria? They didn't want to go there. They went on to get some food. Why are you going there? He said, I need to go to Samaria. He needed to go where the enemy was. And so we have to go in the midst of where there's rioting, in the midst of where this side says this and this side says that. You are not a Republican or a Democrat. You're a Christian. You walk in the love of Jesus Christ. And you represent the truth of God's Word. You speak the truth in love. And so it's not a political party you belong to. Oh, you may take interest in what sides are saying. You learn the arguments, but you speak the truth in love. You speak love. And so you need your capacity to expand. And I'll conclude with this this morning. Paul said this, We have this treasure in jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God, not to us. We're afflicted in every way, but we are not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not driven to despair. We're persecuted, but we are not forsaken. We're struck down, but we are not destroyed. Always carrying the body, the death of Jesus. We're carrying in the body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our bodies. The only way you can make a new wineskin if you don't get a brand new one is you take the old one and you saturate it in water and then you begin to beat it and crush it till that leather gets soft again. God is expanding your capacity to love. He has to expand your capacity. You might get broken. It might cause crushing. You might have suffering. But understand, it's to expand your capacity to love. It's expanding your capacity. So you've got to get stretched. Tell your neighbor you've got to get stretched. Tell them you've got to get stretched. You've got to get stretched. Who's willing to get stretched? 
Who's willing to take this living water that has now been turned into wine to expand and expand and expand so that out of you, you will pour out rivers of living water? That's what those prophecies were about, that we would be a force to reckon with in the earth, that the living water, the love of God is pouring out, that when people are against us, we're laying our lives down for them. People are chiding against us, we speak the truth in love and we share Jesus with them. Amen? And so this is the word of the Lord. God has brought this word together for us. And so he's asking you to expand your capacity for him to enlarge his reality in you. Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you today for the ministry of your Holy Spirit, the words you brought to us, God. We had no idea what you were going to do. And so you brought it all together, God. You want us to rise up. You want us to reign and rule in the heavenly places, to tear down strongholds, to call down demon forces, to break down hatred. And Father God, this anarchy that is happening, it is spirits that are doing it, and it's in the spirit realm we call them down. But in the family, in the people of God and the people of the earth, we speak the love of Jesus, and we ask that a flood will come out of your church of living water for the lost. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen.